morning, and peace be with you. I'd like to direct your attention to our bulletins now that my microphone is on. And on the bottom there is a correction. The flowers that are given this week are in fact given by Louis and Daryl in honor of Arwen Beck and all of our dads. So uh, there's a slight misstep there. And so I just want you to notice that. Also, our missions this month are changed uh, from last month, where we were focused on the family, which was uh, ministry to help strengthen uh, families and marriages. This week is from our friend, or for our friend, um, Pastor Ron Michelson. And this is for Chosen People Ministries. There's a little explanation of who they are, and I think uh, one of the things that make me smile is Pastor Ron saying that he is a completed Jew. He is a Messianic Jew, one who professes Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and that is his ministry and his calling to go out into the world making disciples and pointing people to the good news. And in fact, that's what we're going to be talking about today as we celebrate the Pentecost and what the Pentecost truly means. So I think we'll just hand it over to Tim at this point since I'm late. It's 9.08. Let's get started, Tim.
together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord 
Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, on this day, you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day, by the same Spirit, to have a right understanding in all things, and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Peace be with you. 
start out with Genesis, well, that's the beginning, right? And we're going to go to Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 through 9. Here we read about the Tower of Babel, and this uh, Tower of Babel was started to be built after the flood uh, by the survivors and descendants. Let's learn a little bit more about this. So, chapter 11. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found the plain in Shinar, and they settled there. <clears throat> they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Join me as we go to our reading in Psalm 143, it's printed in your bulletin. This is a prayer for deliverance from enemies and for divine leading. Starting out, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy in your faithfulness and righteousness. Come to my relief. Do not bring your servant in judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. My spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Spread out my hands, you. I thirst for a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. The morning, bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For you too, I entrust my life. 
Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will. You are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life in your righteousness. Bring me out of trouble. Silence my enemies, destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Our next reading shows, talks about the Holy Spirit that comes at Pentecost. In the first portion of what I read, in the second portion, it talks about the last days. Acts 2, 1 through 21. When the days of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. And Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, Address the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood 
and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Here ends the reading. Glory to you, O Lord. shall we go you have the words of eternal life hallelujah the holy gospel according to saint john from the 14th chapter glory to you o lord our gospel this morning is from saint john it is John 14, verses 23 through 31, and can be found on page 1672 in your pew Bible. John records, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. And anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that, my, so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So today we celebrate a major feast in the church year. It's called Pentecost. And we 
heard an account of a very special Pentecost in today's epistle that Ed read. It is the Pentecost after Jesus died on the cross, after he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And the events are, um, well, they're spectacular. We heard or we read that tongues as of flame appeared and the sound of a mighty wind could be heard and people spoke in tongues. It is easy very easy, understandable, to let the whoa factor of the spectacle lead us away from the facts of the event. I mean, this is shocking stuff. There is much confusion, though, concerning Pentecost because of the signs that accompany this event. Let me explain. I have heard, maybe you have too many people, refer to the events in today's epistle as the first Pentecost. Have you ever heard that? Well, there are many firsts in today's epistle, but this Pentecost is not the first Pentecost. You see, the Feast of Pentecost was already... It was already an ancient festival that God actually established Pentecost about 1,500 years before Christ was born. The Lord spoke through his servant Moses, and he established Pentecost as an annual festival. And soon after, he established Passover as an annual festival. We find this in Leviticus 23, verses 15 through 21. I, I uh, encourage you to look that up. It was originally known as the Feast of Weeks. W-E-A-K-S, Weeks. That is that it happened a week of weeks, seven weeks after the Feast of First Fruits. Now for us, that means that seven weeks, it's seven weeks after Easter. Now, when the ancient Hebrews translated the Old Testament into Greek, they came up with the name Pentecost, since the festival occurred 50 days, 50 days after the Feast of Fruits. So Pentecost is one of the three major feasts that required all male Israelites to appear before the Lord. Those three feasts are the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, and the Feast of Booths, Booths, B-O-O-T-H-S. And those are all listed in Deuteronomy 16, verses 16 through 17. A lot of feasts. Maybe that's why we as Lutherans uh, get together and eat a lot, but uh, we're, we're, we're celebrating here. So what this shows... This shows us that the Lord already had plans 1,500 years before Jesus was born. 
You see, everything was set up so that devout pilgrims from throughout the world would be in Jerusalem to witness the crucifixion of Jesus on Passover and the special coming of the Holy Spirit on the following Pentecost. I remember the Old Testament reading that Ed read regarding Babel from all over the world, scattered different languages. Hold on to that. So when today's epistle states that they that there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, it is saying that there were Pentecost pilgrims in Jerusalem for the Feast of Weeks or for the Pentecost. We call these people Old Testament Christians. Old Testament Christians. That is, that these are men who eagerly looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. They were, they were there because they believed the Messiah was coming. They were devout because the Holy Spirit had already given them faith in God's promise to send a Savior who would redeem God's creation from sin. So, it is the Old Testament church that gathered at the sound of the wind and in front of the tongues of fire. They were in Jerusalem in obedience to the instruction to gather before the Lord on Pentecost. Now, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. The Holy Spirit spoke to these pilgrims through the mouths of the apostles, and he told them that Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah that these men were waiting for. With this proclamation, the Holy Spirit transformed these devout men and joined them to the New Testament church. That is what is particular, this particular Pentecost is about. Stay with me. The church transformed from looking forward with expectancy to a Messiah, a Christ to come. And on this Pentecost, it became the church who believed in the Christ who came. That is, Jesus of Nazareth, the one that Peter said, you crucified. Now, the truth is, God created the church when he created Adam and Eve. And then when Adam and Eve sinned, God promised a seed that would crush the serpent's head. And from that time forward, devout people eagerly awaited the coming of the Savior. And now both the Old Testament church and the New Testament church believed in the same exact Savior. They both look for the exact same forgiveness of sins. And the only difference is, is that the Savior was in the future for the Old Testament church and in the past for the New Testament church. Thus, Pentecost is not so much 
the birthday of the church as it is the transformation from Old Testament church to New Testament church. Okay, so how does this transformation come about? How did it happen? Well, the transformation happens by the proclamation of the Word. And in this case, it happens by the proclamation of the Word in many different languages. And here, here is another point of confusion about this particular Pentecost. The sign of speaking in tongues is so spectacular that we often forget the reason that the apostles spoke in tongues. As today's epistle states, the gift of tongues was given so that every devout Pentecost pilgrim could hear the mighty works of God in his own native language. Acts 2, verse 11. And right here in this, in Acts 2, verse 11, we see the Holy Spirit performing his basic task. The gift of tongues was given. Hear me now. The gift of tongues was given in order to proclaim the mighty works of God. No other reason. The mighty works of God are the works of salvation. The Son of God putting on our human flesh at Christmas. The mighty works of God, it is about the perfect life that He lived in our place. It's the sacrifice that He made as He endured the holy wrath of God on the cross. It's about how that sacrifice earned the forgiveness of sins for all people in all places and in all times. It is how He rose from the dead and He verified that His work was enough to save us all. It's, it's about how he is always with us in his ascension. His mighty work is about how he will come again to raise all the dead and dwell with his believers forever. All of these things are the mighty work of God. And all these things are the proclamation that each pilgrim heard in his own native language. This proclamation is the work of the Holy Spirit's gift of tongues that day. That's the gift of tongues. And the proclamation of salvation through Jesus Christ did not stop on that day. The news that Jesus of Nazareth is the promised Messiah is just too good to keep to yourself. And when the Feast of Pentecost was over, all of those devout Pentecost pilgrims went home and they took the good news with them. And when they came home, they proclaimed Christ crucified and risen from the dead, 
to their hometowns. They proclaimed repentance and the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit used this proclamation to spread the word of God throughout the world, throughout many languages. And the Holy Spirit still works through the gift of tongues to this very day. Let's think about it. What language am I speaking right now? English. English as we know it did not exist in the days of the apostles. And even so, I read the word of God in English and now I'm preaching to you in English. And somewhere, someone had to have the gift of tongues in order to translate the original language of the Bible into the English that you and I can understand. And they did this so that you, too, could hear the mighty works of God in your own native language. The Holy Spirit provides this gift so that the message of salvation is proclaimed in all lands to all people. That's the gift of tongues. Today's epistle gives us the historical facts concerning the first Pentecost after Jesus ascended into heaven. There were the tongues as of flame, there was the sound of a mighty wind, and there was the speaking in tongues. And all of these signs were means to one important end, the proclamation of the salvation of God worked out through Jesus offering himself up on the cross. Or as you hear me say, Sunday after Sunday we preach Christ and him, Christ and him crucified. Now, sadly, there are many people who get the means and the ends confused. They read of the sights and the sounds, the wow factor of this particular Pentecost, and believe that these signs are the main point of the narrative. They forget that the purpose of all these signs was the proclamation of the mighty works of God. And people forget that the Holy Spirit has promised to be present wherever the Word of God is proclaimed and the truth and in truth and purity. And wherever the sacraments are administered according to Christ's command, he is there. But instead, some look for some sort of spectacular sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You may have met them, you may have heard of them, read of them, but these are people who claim that the glory of God has covered them in gold dust or feathers. Others claim that anointing oil began to flow from their hands and their feet. Others exhibit uncontrollable laughter, and they call it holy laughter. And others appear, they appear intoxicated, and they claim that a Holy Spirit high is stronger than any other. And still others They babble away in nonsense, and they call it 
speaking in tongues. The creativity of false teaching knows no bounds. It is all about making things up instead of relying on the Word of God. It's, it all comes. All of this wow that is man-made comes at the expense of the proclamation of the mighty works of God. And the saddest thing about all of this is the competition. The competition to prove who is the most filled with the Holy Spirit? Who has the greatest anointing? Who has the greatest gift? Who is the greatest of the super saints? This competition diverts attention away from the Savior and it puts the attention onto the performer. Soon the gospel gets lost. And people don't hear about their sin. They don't hear about their Savior. They don't receive the comfort of the salvation that Jesus earned for them on the cross. They don't hear the proclamation of the mighty works of God. And in an attempt to be filled with the Holy Spirit, they end up blocking the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this, and you don't have to answer out loud, please don't. But what gets between you and the proclamation of the mighty works of God? What causes you to focus on something other than Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins? What draws your attention away from Christ hanging on the cross, enduring God's wrath for your sin? Where do you look for comfort outside of God's Word? In the end, the Holy Spirit has but one message. That is that Christ died to save sinners and since you are a sinner, you qualify for that salvation. And this is the mighty work of God that the Holy Spirit proclaims on Pentecost and on every other day of the year. Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of sins. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
as a family in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning as one, wherever we are, to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything, everything you have given us individually and for our nation. We have lived in relative peace for many decades compared to many places in the world, and we have become complacent, self-centered and entitled. We have not loved you nor our neighbors and have raised a generation of children who are broken in many respects. Drugs, social media, violent video games, and isolation from others during the recent pandemic has had, predictably, serious ill effects upon the mental wellness of our youth. Their attention is focused on themselves and the world, and Satan has ensnared many. Evil is in our society and running wild and free. We're stunned by the violence infesting our society today, the level of hate between individuals within our nation, within our families, and between perfect strangers seems unprecedented in our history. We want to fix our broken society, but we don't know how. We blame everybody and everything except ourselves for this human disaster. We can't repent what we can't confess, and our sins blind us to the reality of our personal failures. Holy Father, you've told us that love for one another is the antidote to evil. Please, Holy Spirit, soften our hearts towards one another and remove the anger and hate in our minds. Lord, forgive us for turning away from the rules and commandments you provided us for our own well-being. Forgive us for neglecting to teach our children how to live a life that honors you. Forgive us for remaining silent when others question or challenge your existence. And forgive us for not trusting in your sovereignty when bad things happen. Holy Spirit, guide us to teach our children about you and your love for us and save us from the consequences of the sins we commit. Lord, in spite of all the bad things surrounding us, this small family of faithful and Reformation Lutheran Church, our Pastor Ken, and our partners in faith and Victory Outreach are truly thankful that you have brought us together and protect us in the one true faith in the saving grace of Jesus the Christ, your Son. We are at peace in our hearts in this sanctuary as we all focus on you even if for only one hour each week. You lift the weight off our shoulders in the presence of each other, and your light drives out the darkness around us while we are here. Thank you, Holy Father, for bringing your peace into our hearts and minds. God Almighty, we continue to pray for the health and safety of our friends, families, and loved ones. Please shield us from all the coronavirus, if we, and if we do become infested, infected. We pray for quick healing and a strong recovery. We thank you for those who you have already healed, and we know that it is by your hand that healing comes. We also pray for those who are lonely, distraught, fearful, in despair, frustrated, and angry, especially in our youth who haven't been taught that life's troubles are temporary. Please help us bring hope for the future to our younger generations and help us model proper Christian behavior 
for their benefit. Also, Holy Father, as many of our children are graduating from high school and college, we pray for your guidance and protection in their lives. Please open the doors to their future that will bring them joy while glorifying you. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, firefighters, and medical professionals who continue to face danger every day. Please shield all of them from harm. Holy Father, you know our hearts and minds before we do. Please answer our prayers and grant us the peace in knowing that you always do what's best for us, even when we can't see or understand what that is. Help us to understand and accept your will and forgive our impatience and doubt. Holy Spirit, please strengthen us in faith in Jesus' saving grace. Please comfort our hearts and minds when we face pain and suffering during our lives on earth with the knowledge that our Holy Father is in charge of all things at all times and works everything for his glory and our good because he loves us unconditionally. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord who rose beyond the bounds of death and, on this day, as he had promised, poured out your spirit of life and power upon the chosen disciples. And at this, the whole earth exults in boundless joy. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, 
Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let's now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The promise is, is that wherever God's word is proclaimed in purity and truth, wherever the sacraments are rightly given and received, that the Holy Spirit will be there, and he is here now, standing in our midst. Jesus is here now, standing in our midst. Your sins are forgiven. Come, the table is prepared.
factor is in the word. The wow factor is in the sacrament. The wow factor comes directly from God through his Holy Spirit. Not through men, not through theatrics, God alone. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Join with all nature in manifold 
在心。